welcome to Grow With The Flow, a space where we chat all things endometriosis and mental health. I'm your host, Brooke, endo warrior, personal development enthusiast, and entrepreneur. Join me for real, raw, honest, funny conversations with amazing guests. With every episode, my mission is to share a bit of positivity, raise awareness, and bring clarity to this illness we call endometriosis. Now let's get into the episode. In this episode, I chat to Tisha. We chat Tisha's story, her endo toolkit and team, mental health and dealing with chronic illness, studying full-time and medical trauma. Here is the episode. Hi, Tisha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. Super excited to film this episode with you. (laughs) Yay. I'm really excited. Um, So on the Grow With The Flow podcast, I have two questions that I'm asking everyone to start off with. So the first one is what's something that you do for your mental health every single day or at least try to every day? That's a really good question. I started doing this like start of this year and it sounds really cheesy and I feel like all the like influencers say they do it, but it really helps me. I feel like in the morning or at nighttime, I write like a little gratitude list, like things like something that went well during the day. And I don't know what it is, but it's really exciting to like reflect on your day like at nighttime and be like, even if I've had like a really crappy day, I'm like, okay, well, at least like this little thing happened. So I feel like it's quite nice. And I just feel, I don't know, it just fills my cup a little bit to have that list. And I try and do it every single day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I love doing that too. And I think exactly what you said, it's really great to just have that, at least that one little thing that went nice for the day and you can remind yourself, okay, maybe the day wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And that's a nice thing I can reflect on and then let's move to the next day. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. Um, And then the second question I'm asking everyone is what's your favorite thing in your endo toolkit? So when I say toolkit, it could be product, doctor, whatever it is that helps you manage your endo. And I know it's really hard just to pick one, but (laughs) you can give a couple if you can't pick one. (laughs) That's all right. That is a good question. I think like hands down, probably my hot water bottle. That's like basically my best friend. I think I have it on almost like every single day I heat it up. Um, Yeah. I feel like it's so soothing, especially for my lower back pain. I just kind of like to sit with it, like we're watching TV or something. So Definitely that is, and I feel like that's always been my thing. Like when I first started getting my periods, I would I would 100% always have a hot water bottle. So I'd say that is my favorite tool out of my kit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's so many other people's answer too. <laughs> yeah. The hot water bottle or just heat of any kind. Yeah. I just, I recently, I recently bought a um, heating pad. So it could yeah. just be like always plugged in and I don't have to get up and keep reheating yeah. it or anything. <laughs> That's so good. So yeah. good. Is it useful? Yeah. The only thing I find oh, is good. like, um, you know, with like a hot water bottle, it's like heavy. So I feel like I like the pressure, but yeah. with the heating pad, it's not. So I kind of have to right. hold it there a bit more. Right. That's yeah. the only thing I would say. Mm. But that I makes got, sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I got really, I've gotten really bad um, hot water bottle burns. And I read that heating pads are supposed to be, better for that because they they're not yeah. um moist or whatever 
So that's yeah. why I thought I'd try and switch to that and help my skin a bit. But yeah, no, for sure. We'll that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. So I would love you to tell us a bit about your story, like how you were diagnosed, your first signs and symptoms, all that kind of stuff. For sure. Yeah. So I was quite young when I got my first period. I was like 10 and it was, I don't remember it being super fa- painful, but it was just like, it was painful, but not like super painful. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of every, um, ever since then, basically, it was just getting worse and worse. And it really clicked to me in year nine when I was talking to my friends about it and we were kind of talking and they, we all like went out to the movies or something. They were all on their periods. And I was shocked to see that they, you know, weren't at home with a hot water bottle, like crying Mm -hmm. or whatever. And my mom was super supportive. She also went through really bad period pain. So I feel like she was also like, it's normal, like it'll be fine kind of thing. Um, And then when I was 16, it started getting quite bad. I went to the hospital a couple of times because of the pain. And then 1789, I think when I was 18, it was quite bad because I moved out for uni and I didn't really have the support of my parents during that time. So I had to handle everything myself, like the pain myself. And I definitely missed a lot of school days when I was at school, a lot of uni days. And then Yeah, I think that's when we were sort of like, okay, maybe this is not just Mm. bad period pain. Maybe this is something else. Um, So, yeah, we went to, and I had been to like a few doctors and hospital appointments and they kind of reassured me that, you know, it is just period pain. Like kind of I got told to like, you know, just toughen up a bit. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm the crazy one who's like, (laughs) maybe it's just terrible period pain. Um, And then, yeah, so we had a family friend who was a gynae and mum kind of reached out to her and she was like, listen, this is what's happening. And she immediately took us in and she basically said, I'm going to do a surgery. It's either going to be IBS or endo. I think it's looking like endo more, but IBS could also be, you know, up in the air. So my, I think it was like, November late November 2019 where we saw that appointment and luckily it was through private so I was able to get my surgery just a couple weeks after so the Mm. suspicion of endo to my surgery wasn't long but then it was like a 10-year kind of getting to that stage like when it waiting for it to get so terrible and you know Mm. yeah so that's probably my story overall summarized yeah that's it's that's pretty um similar to mine too because my whole journey was like from the first signs and symptoms to getting diagnosed was 17 years yeah wow um, yeah really (laughs) quite quite late I got quite diagnosed quite late um but then the actual from seeing the gynecologist to having surgery was really fast so yeah I was lucky in that sense yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah. So was that, that was, um, three years ago. Yeah. Three yeah, years cool, ago. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so how's it been since actually knowing yeah. that you're diagnosed and knowing what is actually yeah. sort of going on? <laughs> um, to be honest, I feel like it's, I wouldn't say it's harder, but it is still hard because I feel like once you get diagnosed, it opens these doors of like, there's no cure, but then everyone kind of chucking all this information at you. So I tried, you know, like I've tried to do the IUD and things and I'm trying to make like lifestyle diet changes, doing all of that. But I feel like it's nice to have an answer, but it's also heartbreaking because I know there's no cure. So I just, I don't know where to look next kind of thing. So 
it's been it's been hard and I feel like I've gone to the hospital a couple of times like in pain and now that like now I can say oh I have endometriosis like by the way to the doctors they're kind of just like oh immediately oh it's just a flare-up we'll put you in higher pain relief and I understand that but sometimes I'm like what if it's something more you know Mm. like what if it's a cyst or something like I'd rather know and I feel like quite shunned out because they're like oh you have a you already have a diagnosis so it's like yeah it was it was a weird feeling right now (laughs) yeah Yeah, they did they should be checking if there's something more going on, yeah. like if you have more um, growth or a new cyst or, yeah. you know, anything like that, exactly. that could be actually yeah. be causing more pain, especially yeah. enough to go to the hospital. Like, yeah. To me, that's pretty severe. Like I don't, I, it depends on each person's personal pain, I guess, but I don't go to the hospital unless I'm like, I feel like I'm yeah. dying pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and I think like most endo girls would be like that because yeah. we're so used to the pain anyway. So we're like, if we go to the hospital, we really need your help. We can't yeah. handle this on our own. So yeah. Yeah. For sure. I feel that. I feel like it's a very, like, I've only ever gone when I like have a gut feeling that this is either I really need yeah. a lot of pain relief or it's something like not right. Cause I'm like, we, we shouldn't be expected to live like this anyway, even if it is just endo pain, like surely you can do something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really just pushed on the back burner, which is sucky. I was talking in a couple of podcasts ago about medical trauma and, and yeah. the doctors pushing you down or just, oh, just, it's just endometriosis, which is, it drives me mental because it's, it's so serious. It's a whole body disease. It's not just like this little, oh, you just have a little cyst or something. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can't, I just don't even know what to say about it. It just makes me so I know, I feel that. (laughs) Yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So do you see like a whole sort of team of doctors or are you still sort of not really sort of a bit lost and not really know what you're doing with it all or? Yeah. So I have like my gynecologist and she, cause she's a very like, she's a bit of a family friend. So we trust her quite a lot and she's always given me the right guidance. So I don't have like a team per se, but I like send her a message whenever I need to kind of thing. Um, And then, yeah, that's it. I have, wanted to look into getting a team and I also want to look into getting like a pelvic floor therapist yeah kind yeah of thing but I also I just haven't got around to it to be completely honest I'm yeah. just like I'll be fine when I desperately need it I'll go but yeah <laughs> yeah I got diagnosed six months ago so it hasn't been too long for me but um I want to I want to get into working in building a team too, but it's like yeah. one, one, it costs a lot of money. So it that's does. a lot of, that's a barrier for a lot of people. And yeah. then two, it's just a lot of mental effort too. like trying to find the first doctor you go to might not be the right person. They might be horrible. And then the next one, and then it's, it is such a process trying to find the right person. And sometimes it you're is, like, yeah. Oh, I just can't be bothered what if it doesn't help me because with endo we don't know a lot of the time and it's so individual to each person what helps them too but yeah, <laughs> yeah no, so I, feel that. I feel you on that <laughs> yeah I'm also just like a bit 
scared of getting a team I know that sounds a bit silly and I feel like I shouldn't be because it would help but like you said like it works differently for so many people and I've definitely had like bad experiences with doctors when they're just like oh you're like you'll be fine or we'll just put you on birth control and not really have that discussion with me so I'm I would say I'm quite scared too and that's probably the biggest barrier that's making me actively go out and seek a team yeah mental trauma is a real thing I um had to go to my GP the other day and I don't love her I need to find a new one yeah she's 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 all right but she's not amazing at the same time yeah and I was just nervous to go just in general for oh what if she won't give me some more strong painkillers that I need or you know Mm. what if she just is like oh no just go away you know (laughs) like yeah no it is hard the thoughts that come in your brain yeah yeah because of so many years of being pushed aside or told you know it's just a period here's the pill whatever, whatever, and feeling like they don't really want to help. I haven't really found many doctors that really want to help me. So (laughs) I feel like a lot of us are like that, unfortunately, which is really sucky, especially when it comes to endometriosis or any women's in quotation marks issues. It seems to be the way they're just like, oh, it's just a period. Everyone deals with it, get over it. And it's like, well, it's not just that, but okay. I'll go to a different doctor. (laughs) No, I definitely feel that it is quite tough. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I know you are studying. Are you doing that full time? Yeah, I am. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Cool. So how do you deal with studying and having endo? Yeah, it is quite challenging, I would say, because I feel like when I and it's for me it's like a daily thing like I'll wake up and I'll be great and then by 12 o'clock I'm like I need to go to bed like this is not happening today um with the pain so it's been really hard I feel like I've definitely like handed in late assignments I feel like the one advice I'd give to anyone is to like reach out to your lecturers and like tutors before because I didn't really do that for the first and second year because I didn't know I had endo Mm. and I've done that last year and I've done it this year and it's been helpful I want to say it's been like super helpful like the understanding but also at the same time it's like just a you know two-day increase of an assignment but I feel like it is quite hard I think it's more really challenging to study full-time and then cope with endo and then yeah because I'm like I just want to live my best life but I feel like I just can't with endo (laughs) yeah yeah it's like it's like figuring out your your best life more than comparing it to someone else on Instagram who doesn't have endometriosis (laughs) you know you're like realizing that that's been a big thing for me coming to terms with oh I'm not ever gonna be able to be like that probably Mm -hmm. so I need to just figure out what is the best for me and how to manage my days yeah and yeah Yeah. that it definitely I've never studied but I know working and having endo would be really hard so I know um studying would be the same I guess and it's good that you can get a little bit of extra time from the lecturers, but I guess they're not always um, understanding probably Yeah, depending exactly. on who they are. Yeah. It is really tough. I feel like also because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that person that's like, Oh, I need help all the time. Or like, you know, I need an extension. Cause I feel like most of the time 
it happens when I miss lectures and then I get like a backlog of like in the eight lectures to catch up on. So it's yeah. just like more stress on myself. But I mean, when I'm in pain, I don't want to listen no. or watch a lecture at all. So <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's no, a tough choice. Yeah. yeah. Do you do it online? I feel like, well, COVID, we had to, which was oh, yeah. kind of helpful because yeah. I didn't have the walking to class, which also sometimes just flares me up randomly. So yeah, 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 it was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, a question I was going to ask that I forgot before, do you have any other chronic illnesses or just endo or that you no, know of? I just have endo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of I know of, I just have endo. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah, I feel like I like to think I don't have anything else, yeah. but I don't know. I guess you never know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I know. I feel like I um, might have other things, but it's it's going into then trying to get diagnosed for them as well. And it's hard yeah. to sort of differentiate, oh, is that coming from endo or is that something exactly. else? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Yeah, so... I know on your Instagram, you talk about a lot about mental health and that's something I really wanted to make a big part of this podcast because I think mental health is so huge and we don't talk about it enough. And especially having a chronic illness, it's so hard. In Mm. my last episode, I talked a lot about how it felt being diagnosed and stuff. So I would just love to know how you deal with having a chronic illness and how it goes in regards to your mental health and everything. Yeah, for sure. I feel like for me, I have like really big FOMO, like fear of missing out on things. So it sucks when I'm not able to like go out and do things with my friends and stuff like that, or if I have to come back early from things. So I feel like I feel quite, I wouldn't say, I would say kind of like isolated. I feel like maybe, yeah, I feel isolated at times because I feel like although I have a great um, group of people around me and they support me and things, it is hard when, you know, I know I can't do the things that they can do or yeah. When I, I don't know, I just feel very isolated and I feel like defeated as well. Cause I feel like I can't help like the way I am. Like I try to, I'm doing everything I can to, you know, avoid a flare up, but it all just happens sometimes. So I feel like it's the whole, also the uncertainty of things like I'm such a planner in my life like I love to have organized things I love to like just have a plan of my day and not having like having this uncertainty around like oh my god what if I have an endo flare-up I think it kind of just defeat I don't know it just makes me feel very like upset in a way and I try my best to and one thing I really promote on my Instagram and I try not to make it come across as like toxic positivity but I feel like one of the ways things that have only really helped me get out of the feeling sad and feeling upset is like just looking at the positives in every single little thing and I feel like that just really helps me I don't know what it is but looking at the positives even in the smallest things or just the way I feel it's been quite helpful and I feel like it's more because I just avoid all my problems like I'm just like out of sight (laughs) out of mind so I'm like oh I'll just not think about endo and it'll be fine until I flare up or something like that so yeah yeah I really um love that on your Instagram because it it's quite similar to me it's hard to Mm. sort of differentiate and not have the toxic positivity but I think I think from my standpoint, I like to just 
have a bit of a laugh sometimes. Yeah. It's like, no, I just, feel that. Yeah. Just like, oh yeah, ha ha ha, this sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And it does, but some, like, don't get me wrong, I get down, I cry, I do all those yeah, things. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah. Yeah. But then on the other side of things, it's good to just, have a laugh and try and look at the positive things, like you said. And there are some positive things that have come from having endo. Like I've made this amazing community on Instagram. This podcast is so fun meeting and talking to people like you and um, just meeting so many amazing people, making friends and stuff. So that's one of the biggest positives that I have taken out of it. It's made me feel less alone too now that I have a diagnosis and I know what is going on too so I love that about having endo (laughs) yeah no you could say one thing I definitely feel that yeah I definitely feel that I feel like it's nice because I feel like I've made friends online who 100% understand what I'm going through and you know I'll say something like how I'm feeling and they're like yeah I totally get it so it helps you not feel so alone whereas like talking to someone who doesn't have endo it's just like I feel like a little invisible walls there. I'm like, I know you're agreeing with me. I don't think you understand, but that's fine. And I'm glad you're still supporting me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what advice would you give to someone who's newly diagnosed then? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) I feel like something I feel like I, I wish someone would have told me was to just relax with all of the information that get that gets thrown at you because and I'm a hypocrite because I'm the person who also gives information to people and I'm always there to like help people out but I feel like it's so overwhelming and I tried to do this and I feel like I still do this I compare myself to other people I'm like oh going sugar-free worked for her so I'll try that and then you know Mm -hmm. it's just not it's just not me I love sugar (laughs) or that's just an example but things like that so I feel like try to not get super overwhelmed, like definitely reach out to people, talk to them, ask them. I feel like a lot of people in our community are so happy to give like like honest like review, reviews of endo, but like honest yeah. things about endo. So I feel like definitely reach out, but try not to feel super, like it will be overwhelming, but try to relax and then make a decision for you. Like definitely do trial and error. I think that's what I say with all of my posts. When I say this has worked for me, might not work for you, do trial and error. And I think do that, but don't feel like forced to, you know, do every single thing and to have this immediate cure or like something that works for you. Because I feel like honestly 80% of our community tries things and yeah, it works sometimes and then it doesn't work. And it just, that's, it's hard, but that's just like what living with endo is like. So I definitely say, try not to get super overwhelmed with all the information that's thrown at you, but then also reach out at the same time because we're all here to help you. (laughs) Yeah. It's, that's really good advice. It is really hard to sort of figure out exactly what works for you. And I think it takes a long time, unfortunately, especially because there's not a whole lot of research on the things that do help most people and there's not a lot of help either. So I think for me, the biggest help has been other people on Instagram who have endo, which is exactly yeah, (laughs) unfortunate that the actual medical professionals aren't helping us as much, but 
I know there are some that do help and you just have to find the right ones, but it's, it can yeah. take, as I said before, it can take quite a toll on, yeah, on your mental health. So yeah, sure, I think yeah. definitely that's, I really like that advice. That's really great. Yeah. Just take it easy. I think, um, being newly diagnosed only six months ago for me, I took in a lot, a lot of information and some of it was actually really beneficial because then I knew that my gynecologist was saying something that wasn't right. So that was misinformation, Mm. which was good that I knew that because I wouldn't have otherwise. But then in other ways, yeah, it can be quite overwhelming. The first few months especially is very overwhelming and you're like, oh, I'm getting this diagnosis. I don't know how I feel about everything and there's so much information. I don't know what to do. I kind of just took it one day at a time and just focused on healing from the surgery yeah. and not really worrying about anything else. Next now, step. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I'm finally feeling like I'm healed and I can somewhat anyway, I still know there's still a bit of healing going on, but yeah. I'm more feeling like myself. I feel like now I can yes. get into the next sort of step. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, take your time. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely listen because I your point is so right. I feel like I've definitely seen things in the community and I'm like, wait, my doctor's told me this. I've reached out to that person and I've realized I was like, I'm so glad I came across this information in the community. And it is always really helpful. I don't think anyone gives off like false information at all. But yeah, it can be very daunting. So I feel like, you know, one person's like, go gluten-free. The other one's like, no, why would you go gluten-free? It's like, go dairy-free. No, don't go dairy-free. Do yoga. Don't do yoga. And I'm just like, it's so hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially with food, you really just got to work on what works best for you and trial and error and working with an actual nutritionist if you can, because they they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they exactly. know if you're cutting out something, they know how to add something in so you're not losing exactly. nutrients and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, That's so true. Yeah, I did. My second podcast episode was with a nutritionist and I learned so much from her about stuff and I was like, wow. And and like you said yeah. earlier about you're not the type of person to want to have to cut out sugar and stuff. I am the yeah. same. I've done it yeah. years ago and it, and it might have helped my symptoms the tiniest bit before I even knew I had endo, but it didn't help with pain. It was more the the IBS type symptoms that it helped with. And I just I want to live my life. I know. I, <laughs> I don't that. I don't want to have yeah. no no gluten and no dairy and no exactly. So yeah. yeah. It depends. It I, really depends on each person, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Cause I went gluten-free last year and it really really helped but then I I think it helped for like three weeks and then I had this like terrible flare-up that got me to hospital and I was so confused because I was like oh my god I've cut out gluten like what's going on and then I was sort of started to go gluten-free like I continued on with it but I was still having flare-ups so I was like okay maybe maybe it's just like not helping my endo maybe I, I mean I definitely felt better like I was bloating a lot less and things like that but I feel like it is so hard. And even if you do follow something, it might not work out. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned about endo is I can do everything right by the books and I can still end up in a massive flare up. 
Yeah, I was literally about to say that when you were done. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. You can do every single thing right and then you can still flare up. There's not, yeah. it's it's a hard truth really too because it's like yeah. you, there's not ever going to be probably a time where you're not going to have flare-ups, unfortunately. Exactly. But there's more just little things that you can do that can help you live more comfortably. Yeah, for sure. I agree with it. Yeah. And it is really hard to hear. I feel like it's not a nice thing, but I'm, I think it's good to be honest as well, yeah. as hard as it is. <laughs> yeah, I think people listening will take, oh, I can't even think of the word right now, but comf- <laughs> we'll take comfort from, yeah. from that, like knowing that they're not dealing with these things on their own and that's the reason yeah, I wanted sure. to talk more about it is because it's so important and and with your mental health too like cutting out things for me personally like it might help some of my symptoms but then it will make me feel crappy mentally so yeah it's really a balance of trying to figure out the best thing that works for you and makes you feel good mentally and physically physically that is so true and I feel like it's such a long road like I think I put all this pressure on myself that I need to you know be this example like on my Instagram that you know this kind of works and things but I think that's just a part of life is like trying to figure out who you are but also trying to figure out what works for you in terms of like endo and it could change as you like grow up it could change you know whenever and I feel like it is really hard because you don't you don't know but it's also like there's fun in that like try new things figure it out it's it's also a little bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I think trying to put a positive spin on on things when you can is definitely one of the best things you can do for yourself, your mental health and your endo. Just, you know, going to a pelvic floor physio, this new doctor, you know, it might not be, might not work out right, but you can think of it positively and try and go, okay, if it does work out right, maybe this will really help me, you know, maybe this will help my sex life or maybe this will help just me not being in so much pelvic pain all the time because I'll learn to be able to tense less or whatever it is, you know. exactly, yeah. And you Mm, can can apply that to so many things. I love that outlook. I need to remind myself that next time I go (laughs) to the doctor, you go, you know, instead of thinking of the worst outcome, try and think of the best outcome. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it is hard, like I have only really started to do it recently. Like first, I was the first person to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, you know, die in my surgery. It's going to be terrible, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, having a sort of, and it is really hard to have that positive things coming through because it, it is, it's super hard when everything is like going against you. It mm. can be so hard to think of that one thing. But even if you, you know, even if you're like, um, it's okay, I, I got up today. <laughs> I had some food and it's like the tiniest thing, but it could mean the world really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's that's linking back to what you um, first said that you do every day at nighttime, like yeah. just getting out of bed and making the yeah. bed. If 100%. that's all you did that day, be proud of yourself because that is the one thing that you could do for the day. So I think that's a positive to take, you know, even if yeah. the only thing you did for the day was drink some water, you know, that's really good for you. That's the best exactly. thing that you did. You know, you yeah. can't, you can't always, as people have chronic illness, we can't do a lot some days. Some days we get lots yeah. done. 
Yeah. And then you might pay for it the next day too because you've done too much. So you never really know and you you have to take every day as it comes. As it comes, yeah. Yeah, and you, like you said earlier, you're a planner. I'm the exact same. We, we're actually yeah. so similar yeah, in so are. many ways. <laughs> <laughs> I love to plan things and I hate things being out of my control. So yeah. having Endo is quite hard because you never really know what each day is going to be like, but mm-hmm. you just kind of have to learn to let go of the control a little and just know that yeah. you are doing the best that you can and that's the best that you can do. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I sometimes even compare like my good days to my bad days. I'm like, oh, but, you know, last week I got all these things done and I was like, yes, but the next day I was in bed all day. So like, it's fine if you don't. And it is it is really hard because I, I need to plan my whole day out, but it just doesn't work out. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. I When I get my period, for instance, that always knocks me out I'm I'm I have it right now actually I'm not too bad yeah, oh. but I've got I've got pajama pants on under here and yeah. I took some painkillers <laughs> this morning so I'm good but um it's it's starting to get a little better now I think the surgery is um giving That's me good, yeah. a bit of relief which is good mm-hmm. but it's still not great so I'm like yeah it's still it, there <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so I'm still like yeah. last week I got lots done. And then this week I'm just like bumming around the house, you know, not not doing a lot, but it's, it is what it is. It's what your body needs. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I think we've talked about lots and that's amazing. I love everything that we've (laughs) talked about. So we'll finish it up. If you want to follow Tisha on Instagram, I'll put her Instagram in the show notes so you can follow her over there. She's amazing. I love your Instagram so much. Thank you. <laughs> For all the positivity and um, mental health and all that kind of stuff, you're super fun on there. And I love that you're not, you don't just fully um, focus on endo sometimes too, because it's nice to just see that we still have a life and we don't, life. our whole life doesn't just revolve around endo as well. So I love yeah, that for too. sure. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I use it as like a little reminder that yes, endo sucks, but we can try and live our best lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. So sure. thank you so much for being on. It's cool. been really amazing. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been super fun. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Grow With The Flow. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, it would be amazing if you could share it on your stories and tag us or simply send it to a loved one who would benefit from listening. We are an independent podcast and it would mean the world to us if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to keep up with all things Grow With The Flow, head to endowithbrook.com slash podcast. Hope you have a flare-free week and I'll chat to you in the next episode.